very few people wake up wanting to talk about those things, but we really had to confront those things and say, all right, what does that mean for us? Um, what are the likelihood that corporate America will continue to fail miserably at creating equality, at paying people fairly for the work that they do and so on? The effort for us kind of all culminated figuring out a way to ensure that we protect our financial well-being and figuring mm-hmm. out a way that we protect our relationship and our family in the event that history repeats itself. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. When I mentioned this idea of having a financial plan, people tend to imagine it's only for those who already have quite a bit of money. But that's not true. There are many families that can benefit from creating a financial plan. Here are a few that come to mind. You're feeling underappreciated and underpaid at work. You want to have flexibility, leverage, and options when it comes to how you work. The pandemic really threw your finances for a loop, and you're looking to get back on track. You're sick and tired of the opportunities, or really the lack of them, that are out there for your family. The idea of financial freedom and independence is something that excites you because it means you'll have more time for the people and projects that matter most to you. These are all situations where having a flexible financial plan makes sense. The trouble is, financial plans seem complicated, unattainable, and well, boring. Here's the thing. You can create one that reflects you, your situation, your priorities, your goals. Kirsten and Julian from Rich and Regular are on the show to share some thoughtful points and stories from their new book, Cashing Out, Win the Wealth Game by Walking Away. It offers a framework and path based on key principles in financial independence and the retiring early crowd on how to build your family's finances in a way that opens up options. In today's episode, we're going to get into why money matters and how to use it in a meaningful way for your family, the challenges and triumphs of changing financial habits and mindset, and aligning your finances to your priorities. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. Last time I chatted with Kirsten and Julian on the podcast, we talked about real estate investing. One of the things I immediately appreciated was how they gave an honest account about the pros and cons of managing a property. One of my goals on this podcast is to be honest about family finances so you can be better prepared. With their book, Cashing Out, Julian and Kirsten take a similar approach. Yes, it does address the mechanics of financial independence and freedom, but they don't discuss finance in a vacuum. There are a lot of ties into the real world and that struggle of juggling all your different goals, taking care of your kids, and in some cases, helping out your parents. That's actually how the book begins. Both of them had a parent get hit with a health crisis that opened up their perspective about so many things, including, believe it or not, money. 
those particular stories that we share are not just personal, but I think they're stories that a lot of people, especially working professionals, deal with. I also think, unfortunately, it's one of those things that just continues to catch people by surprise, especially when your parents, you are so like head down, focused on your children. You kind of forget to think that your parents are aging as well. And as they age, they tend to have these health challenges that don't just disrupt their lives. They disrupt your life as well. Depending on their situation, it could impact how you spend your money, right? It was really just a wake-up call um, for us. In Kirsten's case, it was her father being uh, hit with cancer. In my case, it was my mom facing some pretty intense blood pressure issues and she wasn't quite able to kind of solve it. The good news is they both kind of got over the hump. As we started thinking about that and asking them questions, what we really learned was that like they kind of knew what to do, right? Like they weren't really surprised by any of this stuff. And it's not to say that they're bad people or that they're irresponsible. I think what it really does is it just highlights that this is kind of part of the human experience and certainly a part of American culture, right? Like in many cases, we know what to do. When it comes to money, we know that mm-hmm. we're actually spending more. We know we should probably be asking certain questions, but all of the other parts of life kind of get in the way. And as a result, you kind of end up in a sticky situation. We just thought that there was an interesting parallel and something that a lot of people could actually identify with. And so sharing that story, we hope that people can kind of see themselves in that situation as well. I know reading it, I definitely connected with what they were saying. I mentioned before that during the pandemic, my mom moved to Raleigh. She wanted to be closer to the grandbabies and us. Because she has respiratory and other health issues, I was the one physically out there with her real estate agent house hunting. Thankfully, we found a place within her budget not far from us. This decision in turn affects us and that we can drop off the girls for overnight stays with her. So again, family and finances are so much more connected than we realize. That's what I loved about the book. It does take you through how to create a financial plan and have this vision, but the reality is finances, it's all in context. What's going on with your kids? What's going on with your parents? You have to have a certain amount of flexibility because you never know when you're going to get thrown a curveball. Another big moment I had while reading was seeing how their parents made significant changes with their habits. With both cases, a health issue was the motivation to get them to what they already knew they should be doing. With finances, it can be a bit of the same mentality. Change can be hard, especially if you're doing something significant, like working towards financial freedom or independence. I was curious about how Julian and Kirsten themselves handled it. I think for me, it was two of them because I'm in the camp of people who have always focused on income. And so earning money has never really been my challenge where I encountered challenges where some of the mental aspects that you're talking about now, and then just the overall financial habits that I had. My first one was unlearning the habit of always looking for validation from my friends and family. I would decide that something was a good idea. I would feel confident about it something like index funds or setting up a 529 for my son. And I go and tell people and I'd be really excited about it. And they would come and express their doubts. I would take that as the idea being less credible. So I had to unlearn the habit of seeking validation. Now I can share and I really don't you know, care if they agree or not, because I've already decided <laughs> that this is what I'm doing. 
The second habit that I had to unlearn was um, my endless optimism, not mm-hmm. allowing me to save for things that I know inevitably would happen in the future. So it was more of a savings mindset. I think I thought of savings as like the absence of income. And so I was going with an emergency fund, but I wasn't saving for things that would inevitably happen, like needing new tires, needing yeah. to replace a refrigerator, <laughs> needing like all the <laughs> bad things that you just don't <laughs> account for that your goods and products don't last forever. You're going to need to replace these things. As I started thinking about saving as money that I'm going to spend later, it became much easier to actually set aside for the things that I know I want to do, take vacations, update my wardrobe. So that's been hard for me to change (laughs) that I've worked on. I'm in a similar boat. I actually had to confront my own issues with optimism, but mine wasn't necessarily around habits. It was really around the workplace. I was very optimistic, you know, feel really good about the company or the department or company culture kind of based on some of these big splashy diversity messages. I would always feel like change was coming and always felt like things were just on the up and up and we were not going to be our parents' generation. Then life happens, right? Really no Mm -hmm. different. Life happens both outside of work and happens inside of work. And you start to see and get confronted with things that you really have to deal with. I think for me, it was a huge reconciliation of uncomfortable truths. The uncomfortable truth is that when we look at the broader set of economic factors that were impacting mm-hmm. the Black community, many of those have not changed since the 1960s. So with respect to home ownership rates, like the same percentage of Black people in the United States own own a home today as they did in 1968. Uh, There were studies that were coming out in the late 2010s that were talking about the pace of Black wealth uh, or median Black wealth, which is actually slated to be zero by the year 2053. Mm -hmm. Again, these were numbers that were slated prior to the pandemic. When you factor in the loss of homes, loss of income, and all of these other things, it's pretty safe to assume at this rate that things are actually going to accelerate, that median wealth will be zero for the typical Black family far sooner than 2053. Very few people wake up wanting to talk about those things, but we really had to confront those things and say, all right, what does that mean for us? Um, What are the likelihood that corporate America will continue to fail miserably at creating equality, at paying people fairly for the work that they do and so on? The effort for us kind of all culminated figuring out a way to ensure that we protect our financial well-being and figuring Mm -hmm. out a way that we protect our relationship and our family in the event that history repeats itself. Yeah, honestly, it's frustrating and sad. This past spring, I was invited to speak on an online panel for mothers working to improve their family finances. And I looked at some similar data that Julian had mentioned. And I think this brings up a good point. When we're talking about money, we cannot just focus on our immediate needs or our immediate family, but look at the bigger picture and context. This can help us to have more meaningful conversations about things that do need to change But then also, how do we need to adjust our family finances to deal with the reality of the situation? Every family is going to be different with what you're dealing with, what challenges you face. That's why personal finance isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. It's great to get information online and in books and podcasts like this, but just understand that this is just one piece of the puzzle. You really have to tailor it for your specific circumstances. 
for example, in our family, we have two different cultures. Initially, we didn't even consider this, but from there, we have different expectations about certain circumstances. For example, when our parents get older, what's going to happen? And these are ongoing discussions. We try to be respectful and understand where each other's coming from, but that doesn't mean there aren't moments of some tension, some friction that we have to work on until we find a compromise we're both happy with. And we shouldn't feel like we need to avoid or kind of tiptoe around these difficult and maybe awkward conversations. In fact, this is an opportunity for real growth with our marriage and finances. They've both improved when we were more honest and open about money and how we feel about certain things in the situation. And yes, it does take time to work out a solution that you're both happy with, but it makes it more meaningful and it keeps both of you on the same page and on the same side. I'm always curious about how other families handle their finances. So I had to ask Kirsten and Julian how they approach their finances and talk about it. I would say we're probably on a monthly cadence. Depends Mm -hmm. on the month. Sometimes it's bi-weekly when we're talking about the numbers associated with our money. A lot of times we're talking around money. We're talking about the larger factors that contribute to the way that we earn or the way that we spend. Those conversations are happening almost daily. We're talking about the ads that we're seeing. We're talking about how credit cards are now positioning debt in new and innovative ways and how these new financial institutions are creating concepts that are really just old concepts, you know, change names. And so we're always talking about money. And Mm -hmm. then we probably look at our personal finances bi-weekly or monthly on a regular basis. Yeah, I'll say we've never been lazier um, with respect to (laughs) to budgeting. Uh, I feel like that's a bit of an earned privilege. You just reach a certain point where so many of these things become muscle or just flat out unavoidable. I'm sure there are savings opportunities that we could uncover if we were to dive back into the budget. But to Kirsten's point, we're very fortunate in that uh, a lot of these problems or challenges that we face or whatever might pop up can be solved through income. And so the the business that we have has put us in a position that's allowed us to to tackle that problem by focusing in on another part of the equation. Yeah. It's an interesting, I'd never really thought about it. So you Mm -hmm. asked that question, but it is a byproduct of not being under the fixed cadence of every other week I get a paycheck and it's the same amount. And I got to figure out how to pay the bills that I have within this month, within this fixed amount, we now understand that our upside, our earning potential is basically unlimited. When we anticipate that there will be higher expenses, we then turn up the the income dial. When we anticipate (laughs) that the income dial isn't doing what it's supposed to, then we can turn down the expenses, but it's a very fluid relationship. I would argue to Julian's point, it is an earned privilege of being a business owner. Yeah. And if there was a time or reason to pay attention to your finances, I think these past two years were it. If you were making great progress with your finances before the pandemic hit, you were typically in a better position to have more leverage and make decisions that were best for your family. Unfortunately, if you were just starting off your financial journey from conversations with friends, family, and some of you in the community, it really was difficult. You almost felt like you were forced into these situations. It literally was a matter of we're living paycheck to paycheck and I need to take care of the necessities 
and take care of my family. Many times on the podcast, I say money is not the goal, but it's a useful tool. And I hope you see it that way. We shouldn't be chasing a particular number, but really looking at, okay, if I have my finances in a good spot, what are the options that I have to help me make better choices for my family? Again, it loops back to having better conversations about money, making them more meaningful and deeper, focusing on your values and priorities, and also consider what's going on with your day-to-day. It's something that we actually talk about pretty regularly. Even within the Black community, there's a lot of diversity that a lot of, I think people don't even really acknowledge. And so what I mean by that is, while I do identify as Black, culturally, I identify as Caribbean and specifically Mm -hmm. um, from Jamaica, which brings its entirely different set of nuanced conversations and beliefs. And in some cases, even languages and approaches to managing money and respect and caring for elders and all of those things that Kirsten, whose family is mostly from the South, from Texas, she didn't have any of those challenges, right? Then on top of that, you have the fact that we both come from two different socioeconomic backgrounds. So she comes from an upper middle class, uh, dual household earning family, whereas I come from a working class, borderline working poor, single income family. I was raised by my mom for the most part. And so there's a lot of backstory there that obviously influences how we are and how we think about our lives. But when we even look at our lives today, we financially support my mom. She's sort of built into the budget. We've gone to the extent of bringing her closer to us so that she could have a better quality of life. And so now she can see our son, her best friend, <laughs> her only <laughs> grandchild, as often as she wants. Uh, she can pick him up from daycare. She can come by for dinner. She can hang out with us on the weekends. And she's literally just five minutes away. But that doesn't mean that it's always rosy, right? Like it, it very much is still a part, a point of tension. Just being honest, it's something that I struggle with because, again, we know that if we were just pulled back just a little bit, right, and, and invest that money, we could expedite financial plans or we could really put that money uh-huh. to, to other uses. But having had a lot of conversations with people, elders, mentors, it's one of those things that I think is truly priceless. So right now we categorize mm-hmm. it as giving our son the benefit of building experiences with his grandparents, which is something Mm -hmm. that we did not have. I have entire sets of grandparents that I've never even met, whereas our son has met his great-grandmother. We have video of that. We have video of his grandmother and great-grandmother being there the moment he was born. So all of these different things, Mm -hmm. taking trips and, you know, there are financial implications to it. Uh, But I think in our book and for our family, it's considered money well spent. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize.
Before we wrap up, I want to focus on a few key takeaways I picked up after speaking with Kirsten and Julian. The first is define your family's values and priorities. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to finances, and a big part of that is that we each have unique circumstances, challenges, values, and priorities. So taking the time now to write down, talk about, discuss, and define what matters to you and why can be a significant step in the right direction. It will make it easier down the line to make decisions with your career, budget, taking care of family because you know what your priorities are. So it might seem like this is a step you can skip or do later, but this really should be the first step you take. The second takeaway is related to this. Now that you have your priorities laid out, it's time to draft a simple one-page financial plan for your family. This does not have to be complicated or even incredibly thorough. Just write down almost like a basic roadmap. What are the major milestones and goals you would like to achieve? And from there, you have so many different options. You could talk with a certified financial planner and really flesh it out. Or you can come up with the initial steps yourselves. Maybe that's getting started with paying off some high interest debts or building up your emergency fund and financial cushion. Don't forget, this is a flexible plan, so it's perfectly normal as you're going through your plan for adjustments to be made. Finally, explore the different paths to financial independence. It is a huge community, and there's different approaches and takes based, again, on what you value. Besides picking up a copy of Cashing Out, You can also explore your local library for stories from other families who have already hit their FI goals or they are pursuing it. I have a list of my favorites in the show notes. And if you are looking to start or build your own financial plans, don't forget we have a free course called 5 Days to 5K. It's a week-long email series that will walk you step-by-step on different ways to find, save, and earn extra money. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash 5K. Special thanks to Kirsten and Julian for being a part of the show. Besides their new book, Cashing Out, they have so many wonderful articles, videos, and more over at Rich and Regular. As always, I'll include links to the resources we've mentioned today, plus more tools that can make managing your money much easier over in the show notes at Simplify and Enjoy. Next week on the podcast, it's June, the middle of the year. Now is a great time to do a checkup on your investments, especially with everything that we're seeing in the news. I'll walk you through how we review our accounts, what we consider and talk about, and how to stay calm when it seems like your portfolio isn't performing the way you hoped. So if you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music by various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, I want to say thank you, not just for listening, 
but for being a part of the community. The questions you send in, the tweets and reviews that you share, it gets the word out so more families can simplify things and enjoy what truly matters. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.